0: There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Do you ever wonder where all your money went, like every single time you look at your bank account?
1: Hello again, Earth people. It's me, the High Time Queen from the Space Bunker Temp Services. Apparently, Season 2 concluded last week, and Season 3 is still a little ways off in the future. But no one ever sent me a transport to get out of here. I better be getting overtime for this. Mama owes some scary people some money. Anyway, I've been snooping around up here, and I found all sorts of crap. And I'm just going to start uploading stuff every other week until somebody stops me. Please, somebody stop me. This week, it's some behind-the-scenes bullshit, and then after that, it's something called Offices and Bosses Season 1, so you'll want to stick around for that. Speaking of Offices and Bosses, there's some blinking text on this monitor telling me I should mention there are some sweet Offices and Bosses shirts available on PodSwag, along with Magic Tavern magnets and more. That's PodSwag.com slash magic. Okay, okay, there is a blinking text over here now. Okay, apparently there's going to be two live Magic Tavern shows at Gen Con again this year. 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. Friday, August 2nd at the Schrott Center for the Arts in Indianapolis. All of those words sound made up. Tickets are already on sale. Hmm, someone should probably have announced this last week then. Not my problem. Anyway, for links to tickets, go to hellofromthemagictavern.com and click on the live shows link. Okay, let's just get to it. Let me divert this audio feed. I think maybe I just plug this in here. Looking for affirmation from anyone? Anyways, this is a simulation of the cast of the podcast talking about starting the show and recording the first episode. Enjoy! Hey
2: everybody, it's Behind the Magic Tavern, which is what I'm branding this, because when we put up some video content forever ago... I think we used that in the Facebook post and we called it Behind the Magic Tavern, which seemed like a pretty good name. I think that's so a I'm good I'm pushing name. that for this. Yeah. Um, you know, the show that you love where your favorite actors and performers and behind the scenes people from Hello from the Magic Tavern just talk about how great we personally are and why you should love us Can and we, give us all your very money. very nasal
3: gaving. I love the Na- name. Naval gazing? Just, just to give some options. Can yeah. we call it uh, Behind from the Magic Tavern?
2: Yeah, I think that's good. What about from behind the Met? Ma- from behind, from behind at, the the magic tavern? at the magic tavern?
4: How about we just call it from behind? Uh-huh. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Arnie Knecamp. I play Arnie Knecamp.
5: This is Adorefai, I play Chunt. This is Matt Young, I play Usador the Wizard.
2: This is Ryan DiGiorgi, and I'm a producer on the show and sometimes editor and sometimes Craig as well. Usually, Craig.
3: Yeah, that's what it says on your Tinder, right? Sometimes, sometimes Craig. Craig. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and they're like, "Is that a sex thing I don't know about? I've got to
3: date him just to find out."
2: You should know I'm a I'm a sometimes Craig, I'm kind of a sometimes Craig.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I'm a total sometimes Craig. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about starting the podcast and like uh, uh, specifically like doing that first episode. No.
5: <laughs> Uh yeah, right before we started recording, Arnie and I mentioned that like this is a thing we've probably talked about quite a bit in panels and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it feels like I, we've kind of said these things somewhat, but uh, I can start off by saying that I remember very clearly sitting at my desk and writing out the Usador name the night before we were recording. and uh, I was putting words into Google Translate and then bastardizing them to come up with the weird, uh, elvish and dwarvish names and such but i couldn't come up with a good name i didn't have usador i had all the other stuff kind of mostly worked out and then the next day at work i found a, a wizard name generator the, <laughs> which is a thing that actually exists or it might have just been like a, a dnd name generator or something yeah. i just pressed the button a bunch of times and i was like ah usador i like that hello I'm Usador, Wizard of the Twelfth Realm of Grand Grandmaster of Light and Shadow, Persuader of Magical Delights, Devourer of Chaos, Champion of the Great Halls of Tarakas. The elves know me as Fiang Yalak. The dwarves know me as Zonin and Hoong Stangis. And I'm also known throughout the realm as Gasmundius Maestar.
2: What was that name again?
5: I am
1: Usador, Wizard of the Twelfth
2: Realm... I love that that's the origin... Of this highly creative podcast, as you asked the internet, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like childish Gambino. Like, well, I yeah. got my rap
3: name from a Wu Tang rap name generator. Yeah, <laughs> I think I
4: first heard that when we were when you mentioned it when we were doing a panel at uh, some convention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I like laid my head down on the table. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it is That's also fair. I think it is like there's some like Isidore or something. I've seen that come up a bunch. I think it's just like a name. It is sort of like a name, like a Nordic, yeah,
5: charm uh, word. Yeah, Isador, maybe there's some Tolkien names that are similar. Mm-hmm. To Usador. But that, I don't know. I was just like, I really wanted the titles to be right. And every time I would like bastardize one of those words, I'd be like, can I be zoning in? I hate that. I don't want to call myself that all the time. Yeah. But I like it as a title. And it was like, all those words I came up with, I was like, they're fun and they're weird, but they it's not a thing I want to say over mm. and over
3: again. How'd that work out?
5: <laughs> not great. Because uh, I fully expected those titles to also be like a thing I knew. That I would say one time and like they'd come up occasionally and slightly get mentioned. If if I met an elf 20 episodes later, I'd be like, oh, by the way, you may know me by a different name. Kind of like Gandalf. Mm -hmm. Like you don't find out till way later on that he's Mithandria or whatever they call him in the White City. I forget the correct name. Real quick. If I can can just
3: complain. I'll I'll just take one minute. (laughs) What are the odds? (laughs) Wait a second. Fuck you. Um, To me, the, the most confusing part of The Lord of the Rings, like I was baffled as a teenager when I saw it. Was when Gandalf dies, and then they see him in the forest, and they're like Gandalf, and he's like, "Who?" And they're like Gandalf, and he's like, "I don't know who Gandalf is. I'm Gandalf the White." <laughs> and I remember sitting in the theater, being like, "Did I miss something? Like that Gandalf still- <laughs> is
4: in that name."
3: <laughs> like if someone came up to me and they're like Adel, and I'm like, "What? Well, who do you want, Adel? I'm Adol Rafai. <laughs> like it's just such a weird. I'll talk about the first time, uh, and this has been talked about again in pa- panels, but mm-hmm. maybe never on air uh, to the masses, but Arnie approached me, I remember you approached me at Rob White's wedding. Yeah. And I remember you being drunk. You remember you, you being sober, so I think I might have conflated the weddings. I have been drunk at almost
4: every <laughs> wedding I've gone to, but this one I'm pretty sure I wasn't. It was very, it was like the first time I back out in the world after my daughter was born, so I have
3: but I believe it was Rob White's wedding, and you came up during the um, reception, and you said, "Listen." And Arnie has this great way of coming up and putting his hand on your shoulder, mm-hmm. and he's so tall, uh, and it just—it feels very comforting. Mm. So he came up and went, "Listen, I got an idea for a podcast." And am I, Dennis, Mil- am I <laughs> Dennis Miller? Am I Dennis Miller? Listen, <tank killers>? listen, <laughs> babe, I got an idea for a podcast. <laughs> cha <Cha-cha>. cha <laughs> uh, But you—you you ran through the premise of the podcast, and you seemed like you were bracing for me to be like, "You fuck." But I was like, oh, great. Yeah, let me know. I'm in. And you seem surprised. Uh-huh. So that was, I remember the first time you Well,
2: he wasn't talking. talking to you. He was talking oh. to
3: someone next to you. That's why he was <laughs> well, so surprised. just leaning on me. I was like, yeah.
4: listen, Rob White. <laughs> 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 I definitely want to talk more about both of your characters and kind of what you had in your back pocket, like what you were thinking about, like mm-hmm. going into the first episode. But like the backstory of the podcast itself was like, I just really love podcasts. I'd done several where I was basically myself. Uh, and, and what about I, for this one? For this one... Yeah, I, did you get your name from an
2: uh, Arnie name generator?
4: <laughs> I looked it up online. And I was like, oh, I hope I don't have to say this in every episode. <laughs> and I basically, like, I love doing them, but they're a lot of work and never really gotten much more than kind of like some local interest of people like, you know, improviser friends listening to them. And so I was like, all right, I can't do this anymore. It's too much work. No more podcasts. But then... I just started, you know, it's one of those things where I started just having two or three ideas and they just kind of wouldn't go away. And then this one kind of kept rumbling in the back of my head, just a fantasy podcast that was just a chat show and just kind of slowly having story creeping in. I haven't talked about this much, but I think originally the idea was that I was not from earth that I was just like, it's almost like that sort of like black cauldron thing of like that fantasy tradition of like young farm boy in a magical world. He just doesn't know that the whole world is coming towards him, right? The world's at war and things are about to change. Almost like Lord of the
3: Rings where it's like, once you step out the Shire, it's like, I don't know what is out there.
4: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just sort of like him learning about these things and sort of realizing the whole world is like slowly like, Heading towards some kind of a fantasy apocalypse. But as I thought about it, I really also wanted there to be this element of people sending in emails and things.
5: Well, the power of podcasting to a certain extent is that connection that you have with people and the way it is very personal to the
3: people who listen
5: to it in a way that like television and movies just aren't. And even like traditional radio isn't, you know, like there's a different...
3: You feel like you're hanging out with friends. Like it's yeah. An intimate.
5: Yeah, And I
4: really did want it to be like a show. And like I would in my brain, like not in a way where I was like, I got to figure this out, but just as like an intellectual exercise that or this thing that would just tumble around in the back of my head, like always trying to solve what it was like was always like, eh, it just seems like I'm bending over backwards backwards to explain, like, in this world, everyone sends these things. And I'm really, you know, I'm recording it into that. And these are all little things that we do on the show quite a bit, actually, like magical analogs for things. But it also quickly realized that it was like, well, if I'm just a human and this is really literally a podcast, then it just makes the structure, weirdly, it makes the structure make a lot more sense. Um, and also then I just... Really started to tickle myself with this idea of you know someone who should be off having an amazing adventure, but they're just really invested in starting a
2: podcast. That sort of reminds me of the transdimensional delivery man, where I was like, we have to have a conceit where we can get packages, and then there was one episode, and then every other episode, it's just like, all right, we got packages. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. to say. Mm-hmm.
4: Those first episodes, every little thing, we were just sort of like, how do we, oh, how do we, exp- how do we explain? this thing and we don't really worry about that as much anymore.
5: But in a good way though I think. Mm. I think it's good to have that stuff up top to show that we're thinking about it and care about it but like also that becomes a burden to the listener as well as us after a while I think to be like I don't need to know why everything is recorded. I don't need to know why everything is it's fine. I'm I'm in. You know.
4: But but I also wanted to say the reason that I was like like the, the part of the story that brings Matt and Adel into it is I love like improv interview. It's like a really good structure. Like it's a good like exercise. You do a lot in classes and things because it just makes it kind of easier for anybody to kind of it's something to latch on to basically. But if I was going to do a podcast where it was improvised and the guests were creating a bunch of stuff about this world. But in that situation, it would be very hard for me to be the protector of that story and that world if I am the fish out of water character, you know? So it, so I very, very quickly realized to do something like this, it would be almost impossible if it was just me interviewing a guest. Every, and epi- every
3: episode is you'd be like, what's this now?
4: Yeah. And that like, and that could be fun. And that's actually the structure of a fair number of improv podcasts. But like if we wanted the story, if we wanted some kind of like serialized aspect or this real feeling like a world is being built, uh, you need people who's, who are there to help protect that and to remember that stuff. And so realizing that I needed co-hosts was probably the best thing that could have happened for this podcast. Um, unfortunately, I picked you <laughs> <laughs> can I it.
3: Can I read? I found, uh, I'll just read a snippet of it. It's a fairly long email. But on Tuesday, December 2nd, 2014, this is uh, after the wedding, you sent an email that said, guys, let's start chatting about this. I'd love to get this up and running early in the new year. Uh, You said, Adeline and Young are the main dot, 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 sidekicks, I guess. Ideally, one of you would be er in every episode, occasionally both. Also, I suppose after things get going, some episodes could have neither.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully we'll get to a point
2: where we can wean off of you guys. Yeah, we'll
3: have neither of us. And then uh, I just want to mention that the same day, uh, about an hour later, I responded to your email. I said, super excited to be a part of this. Can we maybe meet in the next week to spitball? I call dibs on the giant talking animal. Also, let me know if he needs an accent. <laughs> uh, giant? Yeah, I put. I, I want to be. A, I call dibs on a giant talking animal, huh. and I said, "Let me know if he needs an accent." And, Interesting. And I'm so glad I didn't do an accent.
2: <laughs> I like that you were hoping he would say yes. He needs yes. an accent.
4: I remember uh, talking. I mean, Adel and Matt, you were you are two people who that I really have performed with forever, and just love performing with. I was excited to do it do this podcast with. And really it wouldn't exist like kind of, as you say, Adel, if I hadn't said it to you, because I, in my mind, I wasn't looking to really do it. Like it was a fun intellectual exercise. And really, I think all I wanted was to share the idea with someone that it tickled me. Like, I didn't want to just live in my head because like, what's the point (laughs) of that? Like you You wanted to validate, I need some kind of validation. So, you know, just, telling you was just kind of like isn't this a clever idea that i had and you were immediately like yeah i remember
3: being very enthused
4: yeah Yeah. i also remember you i could be misremembering this but i i feel like i remember you almost immediately saying can i be a shapeshifter can i i think even the aspect of like can i be a shapeshifter who changes shape
3: when he sleeps when he
4: sleeps with somebody why did that just tumble out of your brain in that moment. Do you have any I remember, of that?
3: I've always liked, uh, whether it be like comic book characters or whatever, or, or in fantasy realms, or or even like, um, what is it, in Deep Space Nine, Odo? Or what's the guy's name? Odo. 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 Like, I, I, since I was a kid, I've always loved the aspect of shape-shifting. So I'm like, that's that would be my number one ability if I could have an ability. Um, so I immediately wanted that. And then I could be whatever animal I wanted or anything I wanted. And then I remember thinking, like, there there should be some sort of, like, different uh spin on it and so for whatever reason i was like yeah whatever he sleeps with that's what he becomes and i think at first it was like after chunt sleeps with something it's like 45 days later he changes or it was it was something insane and then i think we realized the (laughs) we a hang-ups of of that and then we were like oh that's only if i'm in love but you know and we sort of swept it away but yeah i think i just wanted to put a, a little bit of spin on the ball just to have something that I could kind of claim my uh, my own. Because I, I haven't heard of any other ship shifter doing that. No, not that I know of. <laughs> Marvel, DC, <laughs> cowards.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I also remember, and I don't know if this was, I, I remember this as being literally like the four sentences in a row that we said to each other about this during the wedding. And I feel like I also imagined you looking off for a second, smiling and then saying, Can I be called Chunt? And I said, if you
3: have to. (laughs) I'd believe that. I'd absolutely believe that. I feel like you were also um, at some point mentioned a badger. So I feel like I give you credit for for thinking of badger. I definitely – yeah, I I don't remember.
4: I do remember – I probably steered it towards being some kind of small animal. Mostly, I think you mentioned Narnia. Yeah, yeah, because – Like the badger Narnia or something. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, just those animals because I really – that's such a – I liked the idea of that kind of fantasy being mm. shown in pretty early. Like not just high fantasy wizards and kings and yeah. things, but like the creatures friendly talking yeah. animal that you meet when you <laughs> fall through a wardrobe into yeah. a magical land.
5: I, I, I like that aspect of the show that it's a mishmash of all different types of fantasy tropes. Uh, and they can all live side by side.
3: Uh, Cause yeah, all high fantasy all the time would get pretty boring. We should have called ourselves all high fantasy all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And this show should be called Maybe I'm Misremembering. (laughs) Uh, Ryan, how did you first get recruited to the show?
2: Uh, Well, you reached out to me and Evan, I think around the same time. Maybe we were even on the same email or something about like, hey, I have this idea. You sort of gave the brief pitch, Mm -hmm. I think. And then it was like, would you guys want to help produce, do like sort of like background like technical stuff Mm -hmm. and like also, you know, contribute ideas as, you know, as it comes. And I remember thinking about it because I was like, oh, it's such a cool idea, but do I have time to do it? And I kind of – I think I even got back to you saying, like, I don't think I have time.
4: I remember both you and I think Evan both being like, yeah, uh, it's probably going to be a no. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Well, I think what I said – because I was like, that's like such a funny idea, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to – I've been doing – I had been doing a lot of like – editing and Mm -hmm. behind the scenes stuff that i wasn't contributing creatively to and i was like i want to focus more on my own stuff right now and blah 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 and then you give a pretty good pitch of like listen i want this to be collaborative i think you have a good perspective and could do Mm -hmm. contribute to it that way I was like okay cool i'll you know i'll try it i'll help with the first couple episodes and then when we started recording i was like oh this is too fucking funny i've got to be involved with this
5: well and also we all thought it was gonna be like 10 episodes and then be over.
2: Oh, we absolutely all thought this
4: that, would not go anywhere. I did anywhere. not think everyone, I, thought, I mean, I <laughs> look, I wasn't like, this is definitely going to take off. Not not the way was like so fatalistic. I have done enough that had done well, that, that just sort of fizzled, that I was like, this seems like something that is interesting enough that if I was ever going to do a podcast that had a chance of getting any kind of greater attention, that this could be it.
5: And I, I don't mean that even in a negative way of like, oh, this idea isn't that good or blah, no. blah, blah. I, I mean, it was like, you know, you do projects and they go yeah. on for a little while, and then they fizzle out. It didn't a lot feel of times. like
2: a four-year commitment at the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it just—it's
5: like you try stuff, and sometimes it sticks, and it does okay, and like this has succeeded beyond uh, what I think any of us initially thought, and that—that's awesome. But yeah, I uh, yeah, definitely didn't think that up front.
4: Well, I, I mean, one of the reasons that I definitely wanted to bring you and Evan on. You know, I'd done all these podcasts where I'd edited them myself and I was not particularly good at doing it. And it was like a lot of work and not good. And I knew if I wanted to do another podcast, I was like, it has to sound good. And you know, I want to really collaborate with someone that is
5: good at that stuff because you got to have somebody who can edit comedy, yeah, yeah, and understands the Find timing the of comedy. Yeah.
4: yeah, and it wasn't just like I don't want to do that. It was like I want it to be good. Like I want it to be good in the way that it actually even outperformed my expectations of how good it could be. Like yeah. I think the sound effect language of what the show is is just as big a deal as any of us individual characters. Like. It's not overbearing. It's got this sort of like language to it that like, yeah. is easy to follow but really is immersive and funny. And it doesn't try too hard to make you think it's real, but it does it enough to make you think it's real.
5: And I think a lot of listeners probably don't pick up on this, uh, that sort of sound language of the show. But I remember the first time announcing that I was getting up and leaving the table and listening to the fully produced episode and hearing the little – squeak as chair the chair moved away. out and I was like oh yeah like those little things that like I bet most listeners don't even pick mm-hmm. up on but it just makes it feel real in a way
3: yeah uh, also- in,
5: in an interview format show to have like those things that sweeten it are really Im- important and make it special
3: it also leads to a lot of people i feel like early on and maybe still not but probably not but i feel like early on that kind of amazing production value was what led a lot of people to think it was scripted Mm -hmm. because you'd say i'm getting up to leave and you hear the table the chair push away you'd say like ah this food's poison and hear a smashed glass or something so it's a thing of like people are like well how else would that sound be in there unless you scripted it it's (laughs) like "No, no no we just improvise it and we might do we might mime object work but then Ryan puts in sound effects or Evan or whoever was editing. But to me, that led to a lot of people disbelieving it was improvised. I think at this point, people are like, oh, that's yeah. improvised." That was
2: what was so fun about editing the first episode. Like, Have you guys uh, – do you guys watch Home Movies, uh, that old oh, – Oh, yeah, I used to. Yeah, yeah. 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 that was like my Brendan go-to – Yeah, what? my go-to example of an improvised show that could still fit mm. a format like that. That was improvised? Yeah. they, I mean they had outlines, but they improvised a lot of it. Damn. Yeah, it's John Benjamin and all that. And so like I would watch that show thinking about how do you do that – and a lot of like the stuff I loved on Home Movies was the stuff happening in the background that you could tell mm-hmm. the animators or se- an SFX person added based on what was being said. And so when we did that first episode, I was like, "How much? How much? A do? Can I do? And how much do I have to do?" Of like, well, they're just at a table, so hopefully it's not going to get crazy. And then the very, I think in the first <laughs> episode, some spell. maybe not. Maybe the second episode, some giant spell goes off or whatever, and we start seeing some of the possibilities. But the idea of like you know, a joke and then a punctuation with glass break or chair or whatever. I feel like it can time into the comedy really well. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think we, we talked about, like, also in that episode of, like, how do we, like, how much do we leave laughter in? Do we, like, take it out? Like, I feel like figuring out that flow in that first episode was super We take fun. it out, right? It's all taken out. All the laughter? Oh, I know God. you've never heard the show before, but. <laughs> it's taken yeah. out for the whistle. as ice well. cold, <laughs> yeah. right?
3: Yeah. I, I feel like that was when I listened to the first couple episodes um, after we released them, I remember being like, this feels really warm and like it's way more listenable than that or palatable than most podcasts. And then I realized it was like that fireplace sound, like like the crackle. And I'm like, even that having something versus like dead dead silence in the background does so much for how you consume what's going on. Yeah, and I think it really feeds into that idea Mm -hmm. that you're you're the listener feels like they're at the table in this like. Huga environment yeah. with a fireplace going and everything.
2: One thing that plays into that and kind of plays into the sort of SFX feeling as well is like we decided earlier on to have you guys on separate channels. So like Usador's always a little bit on the right, Chunt's always a little bit on the left, and Arnie's yeah. in the middle. I and like I, the Three Little Bears. It is. I think it like subconsciously gives you a space like you're at the table. Like you see, it's better,
3: easier to tell like where virtually not everybody the three is. Little bears. I think they're just called the Three Bears. I think, uh, yeah, well, they were all unusually short. Um, i remember at one point getting so comfortable with ryan and evan and chris and like whoever's in the booth i remember getting so comfortable that it would be like at some point where it's like we turn usador into a tiny usador and make him chop up you know like Mm -hmm. i remember saying like the most insane thing and then like looking to you in the booth and you like putting your head in your hands or like (laughs) giving a (laughs) thumbs up or like I, i just remember like it got to the point where i'm like i think they can handle this or even like with the email stuff where i'd be like yeah and I'm chun at gmail.com, chun with six T's, and you scrambling to like pull up Gmail Register to that like, address. Let me grab this email.
2: Well, that, right, that was funny. You were like, I'm chun at gmail.com. And I think we had to stop and go,
3: We that's too short that's for a right. Gmail address. That's right. You go, I tried to get it and it's too short. And I'm like, well, let's go back and see like, oh, with, with six T's. You're yeah. like, oh, chunt with six T's. <laughs>
2: you know, I think the first big one was Tiny Horse, where you were like, oh, oh it's a tiny horse that I'm going to ride around on this table and go like left, right, panning. And that was the first like giant sound effect I think we did that was like, okay, we get to do it now.
6: Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless had to get 30 30 to get 30 Better to get 20 20 20 to get 20 20 you get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch
0: $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees promo rate for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full turns at mintmobile.com
6: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment
4: Do you remember, Ryan, much about recording that first episode? It, it was, the studio was a bit different. you We were all in the same room were yeah. you, was you' kind of like
2: back to us or um, a couple of different there was a def- couple of different orientations. I think I was off to the right, I think, from you guys. Mm. And yeah, some of your backs were to me. It was a little bit of a weird setup. I remember being nervous because it was my first time using any of that equipment. So I'm like, I know the principles here, but let me make sure I don't ruin this podcast. but uh yeah, once we started sort of getting levels, it was it was okay. But at the time, it was sort of like we don't know like how this is gonna sound. So it was it was very, especially because you guys were all so close together that separating you was a lot harder back then than it is now. I think if you had to like put, I think it's just the air. It's rain. Oh,
3: is it?
4: No, and this this won't have the forgiving uh, oral backdrop of uh of the yeah the, you know, the, the tavern. tavern. I think that's or. Rain.
2: Will it? Will it? Hit it! Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was it was uh, definitely like my main like like source of being nervous was like I hope I don't ruin this podcast these guys are working <laughs> on. Uh, but then yeah, once we started like getting into it, it was it was really great. Do
4: you have any memories from editing? Because you did that first episode, mm-hmm. and we kept them pretty short to start. And I, I I vaguely remember us editing that first one down quite a bit.
2: Yeah, it was. I think we recorded for at least 30 minutes, but it was only 17 that we got, which we have never been another episode we've edited that aggressively. Do we have
3: that extra 13?
2: I think so. I'm not Oof. 100%. I want to listen to it. Yeah. I th- I don't think it's put together, but I think we have the raw files. Um, but yeah. it's probably It's probably a lot of
0: like,
3: what do we do now? <laughs> what else can we call I, the main road? I mean, yeah.
4: I don't think we like stopped, but there was – Probably just a lot of, like, going down side paths that just kind of never led to anything.
2: Yeah. That's what it mostly was. Although there was the famous, the one famous time we stopped that oh, Adol yeah. loves to mention. Oh, oh was that the first episode? It was, like, it. literally one of the you first things. You actually referenced it in an episode very recently. I think <laughs> yeah, in you the did.
3: We, Oh, in the wedding episode, you joked where you're like, listen, buddy, it's your wedding. You don't have to remember the world or something. Or, or, continuity, continuity. continuity doesn't matter. You don't matter. have to remember the continuity. I'm like, oh, that's great. Being a 900-year-old shapeshifter. Because oh, in the first episode— right. Arnie Arnie was like, like, anything you want to do, let's do it. And Arnie was like, how old are you, Chunt? And I'm like, I'm 900 years old. And he goes, let's not do that. (laughs) I know. I literally stopped uh, it within seconds.
4: Because he just, that's too old. you got to be the buddy. You're the, (laughs) like,
3: that's too old, right? Yeah, you got to be Mel Gibson, not Danny Glover.
4: Yeah. (laughs) You're the Mel Gibson. (laughs) No.
2: The other big thing from editing the first one was creating the bunker stuff because Mm. we wanted to have, like, sort of a, Radio like being interrupted and then go into Tim. And we did this like doubling up of his voice where it was like warning, warp, warning, which I think we did for maybe five episodes Mm. and then stopped doing it. But like all of those, we were editing an Audacity, which was had a lot less flexibility. So all of those like radio in and out like warp sounds that were phased and then were phased destructively and then kept for future episodes. Mm. So like it can never sound different than that unless we rebuild it. But it's worked for you know 200 episodes
4: it seemed obvious to me in that first episode that the mysterious man character had some kind of like agenda and that you weren't supposed to take it that seriously but so many people I would say the majority of people didn't really catch on to that and uh, it was sort of and, and we to this day get emails from annoyed people who are listening to early episodes being like Love the podcast. Why do you have to start by telling me it's not real? <laughs> right.
3: You're do, it's such a funny so idea. People, being yeah. like,
4: do you not understand? Yeah. Do you not understand how I am trying fiction to, works? Yeah.
3: I want escapism, and you're immediately mm. breaking the reality. Yeah. We've got emails where so people much, are like, yeah. I don't
4: know if there's some kind of regulation
2: where yeah. you have to.
3: A regulation. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ever
2: since World of the Wars, <laughs> there's been a regulation. <laughs> we have to say Martians oh aren't really gosh. invading. Uh, yeah.
3: That's wild. Does anybody remember uh maybe not maybe just first episode would be too hard but like initial reaction like when the first episode or first few actually came out on iTunes and everything else do you remember people's reaction or like or when we when we started to get maybe more notice
2: AV Club was the first time i remember having
3: AV Club reaction. Buzzfeed and Max oh, yeah, BuzzFeed. i feel like those three things led to led to a huge mm-hmm. uptick it's funny
4: how, like you do it for a while, and uh, li- listeners will not be surprised by this, but you do you can do like 12 episodes, and they'll like go by in a flash, and you'll look peek your head up and be like, "Oh gosh, it's been 12 episodes. It's been 30, 40, 100 oh. episodes." But when I think back to the things in the first stretch of episodes, like, it seems like it must have happened over the course of a lot more episodes. Like I'm always surprised when I go back and realize how short that period of time was because like the 13th episode, I believe is boys night. And that episode is so I think joyful. I remember it being like us being so kind of like gleeful and having such a good time. And I, I and think of the it as a celebration so- of us being like, I think this podcast is really taking off in mm-hmm. some way. And the idea of, of knowing that in any way by episode 13 seems crazy to me.
3: And I think that was our first episode with just the three of us since the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I, there's a palpable joy to that.
5: I had a strange experience of people that we know. Either they were coming in to record or I would see them at I.O. And they would just be like, oh, uh, the podcast is really good. to listen to it. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, thanks, thanks. And they'd be like, no, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that weird, like, oh, like, they're not just saying it to say it. Like, they're excited about it. And people were like wanted to be on it you know and like not even that it was like getting popular but like our own peers heard it and were like that's fun i want to be part of that yeah i always remember the thing that like really got me was charlie being like i offhandedly mentioned spintex the green as my rival in an episode which is a name i just pulled out of my ass in the, in the moment I had no plan to have a rival or it was just like oh i got to say something and then getting an email arnie got an email from him of like i Charlie's like, I am Spintax the Green. Like, <laughs> I am taking that. It's mine. I want it. And,
4: and the just talking about the weird ways that time can seem longer and shorter, like, I remember him sending that email. And I remember being like, that's awesome. I want you to be Spintax. Let's not do that right away. Let's let Spintax build for just at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing that. But then when I look back, like, that Spintax episode is like.
5: <laughs> 16 or 17 <laughs> yeah, something. It's
4: not that. It's like, what was this? Period of waiting. I, yeah. I feel like people always talk about the finger to spider mm-hmm. joke as a with, joke.
2: With consent. That's with a consent. A part of the important part of the joke.
4: Where I come from, having sex with animals is a little bit frowned
5: upon. Is oh, that not the
4: case okay. here? Like you, said, what is the general thought on having sex with animals in
5: I, I think we've all fingered a spider. <laughs> it's, it's just a. Uh, Uh, When you're a young wizard learning your way about the world, you you encounter certain animals out in the wild as you become one with nature and commune with the powers that be in the universe, and sometimes that happens in a sexual manner. I I see nothing strange about this.
0: How, How
4: do you even, how would you, I don't think I want an answer, but I don't know how you could physically finger a spider. Consent. Okay, well that's good, that's a good start. If people talk about that first episode and being hooked in w- at that first episode, I feel like they almost always mention that finger to spider. We've all fingered a spider yeah. with consent. It's also, to me, in retrospect, shocking for something successful how much we talk about bestiality in that first
3: episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is the first episode where we say, what do you call a human that's had sex with a shark? Oh, yeah.
4: A dead human. This, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
5: It's funny because I think, I think there are a couple things that happened in that first episode. You're getting me to repeat my name. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it all the time. Didn't think I was going to do that. And the idea that, like, we can just have a slightly – I guess I came into it thinking more like I'm going to have to answer these questions very seriously in a way, like within my mm-hmm. character's point of view. But the, the spider thing specifically was like you'd ask Chunt about it because it was something that had happened to him. And then you kind of turn to me for, like, validation of, like, what Chunt is saying is fucking crazy, right? <laughs> and you're like, how do you finger a spider? I'm like, well, w- with consent. And then realizing, like, oh, we sh- the, the answers can be—it should always be a step off. Like, I think Adele and I get to play the game of, like, whatever you're looking for, mm-hmm. we can be a, a beat off of that. Because we are from this other world, and we process things differently, and we think about things differently. Uh, and that's a really fun game. That Absolutely, we get to play all the time.
4: Is there anything you really didn't know about your character? Not just how has your character changed over time, but like what do you feel like was very different or off about your conception of what that character would be? Thinking back, you're like, oh, God, I can't believe I thought this about that character.
3: For one, I thought Chunt was going to shapeshift way more often. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've done a little bit of it, but yeah. over 200 episodes I've shapeshifted maybe... Six times or something. (laughs) Why is that, do you think? I've always wondered why you did that. If I'm being honest, I think once fan art started happening, which to me is like the best part of doing the show is like the fan art we get. Once I saw the fan art and like got to love the idea of this little badger that people created in my mind's eye, Mm -hmm. then I was like, I kind of want to leave them a badger as often as possible. So I think that's why I always find my way back and because it's so, it's so enjoyable for me to picture that. What if you're being dishonest? If I'm being dishonest, I thought I'd be 900 years old.
4: (laughs) (laughs) If I am being uh, completely honest, I know it would be less fun for you, Adel, in the long run. And also, like, probably, ultimately, like, it it doesn't leave as many interesting roads to go down. I was always tickled by the possibility that Chunt was not a shapeshifter at all. That
0: he <laughs> oh, yeah. toy with him a little bit.
4: This idea yeah. that he's just a badger. a badger and that's a story that he tells.
3: Yeah, I remember that being a conversation behind the scenes of like, what if it eventually comes to, to fruition that we we find out you're just a badger who's been bullshitting the whole time? Yeah. Thing?
4: And I get that that's like it's such a great punchline to that idea, but then you know, then it just leaves you being a badger and like there's less fun stuff to explore, but, but it always it's, seemed really funny. To it's
3: me. also funny of like, Oh, I, I thought you were magical. And it's like, yeah, I'm just a giant talking badger. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, No magic. I was lying.
5: <laughs> well, it's, it's, I think it's that our improv brain wants to like do a hard right churn and pull the rug out from something, mm-hmm. you know, to, like just to surprise people, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, that's pr- kind of part of how we approach things and how we come up with interesting ideas. I think what changed for me is I thought this is going to sound terrible. I, I thought, used to be a much more revered character in a way of like oh he's gandalf in this mm. world you know and like i thought he'd still be dumb and like bad at stuff in a way but he still wouldn't think he's bad at stuff but the fact that everyone sort
2: of like <laughs> knows he's kind of a fuck up uh, i feel like charlie kind of established that for yeah
5: yeah yeah but it's great i mean it's a great gift to be given as an improviser and uh it makes him so much more fun and so much more human. Cause You're like
3: I, the Ignatius of the, of uh,
5: yeah. And I think he's, I think he's really like, I think he is a competent, powerful wizard still. He's just like all of his bullshit is in the way, <laughs> which is really fun. It's he's like
4: actually a great wizard. He's just a bad person.
5: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> yeah. Covered, covered kind of. Yeah. Uh, he's not a
2: bad person. He's bad at being. Yeah. A that's what I meant. Yeah. Not Cause like, he isn't
5: yeah. a person. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like he, he doesn't quite process things the right way. And, uh, That's why he tries to put soup in his butt, because he thinks, like, maybe this will help me defeat the Dark Lord, even though that's an insanely stupid idea. Uh, He's just
2: willing to try anything out. (laughs)
5: Oh,
4: help
2: clean out your colon.
4: Yeah. Just from the opposite end.
2: (laughs) Arnie, what about you? Because you're playing a character as well.
3: Yeah. Did you think you'd be further removed from real Arnie or more or less removed or what?
2: I mean,
4: a lot has actually changed about my character, quote unquote character, and like how I play him. It's funny listening back to the early episodes. Like I am a lot more of just a sort of sounding board and not like really trying to
3: Mm -hmm.
4: be funny or that interesting myself. Like I find little moments to do that stuff. Even though my character is ostensibly the least interesting, I really do try to grab on to what characteristics have been given to me, right? Like whatever like things about my character have been laid on and then being like, well, I'm really bad at math and I'm not great at math, but I really (laughs) do make a point of being really bad at math or you never get up or you're very lazy, like really kind of like leaning into those things and being like, that is who my character is. Yeah. Um, And I have over time, and maybe there's something we can talk about more later, like as we talk about later episodes, I spent a lot of time becoming a crazier character, like using a lot more like comedy logic of like, this is the weird accumulation of attributes that my comedy monster of a character has become. But then over time started to try to think like, well, who is this person? Like because of these things, like and what's going on with him and why is he? Like, is there like a charitable way to think about this character as well? But I probably, in retrospect, I'm glad. I love like the Larry Sanders show where, you know, Gary Shandling isn't technically playing himself, but it more or less is. And that was a show where celebrities did play themselves. And I think there's a lot of interesting tension that comes from just being able to pull stuff from your own life. I think people can kind of feel that. And it's one of the things I just love about improv in general, like especially live improv, like It's not about suspension of disbelief entirely. Like it matters who you are. There is a you and there is the character that you're playing. And both of those things are existing at the same time. And there's an aspect of that that is wrapped up in a show about multiple dimensions anyway. And I think that that is itself really interesting. But also there is definitely an aspect of it being like, hmm, was this the smartest thing in the world? Playing <laughs> no, we did, And we, I know like early on, the first hint to myself that there were aspects of it that weren't the smartest thing in the world was Adel's like, we got to make missing posters for you and put them up in, uh, around uh, the neighborhood uh, as a way of promoting the yeah, podcast. Yeah, in real life,
3: I wanted I to do like a Blair Witch promotion where it's mm-hmm. like, let's mm-hmm. put posters of Arnie up at the Burger King on Southport or around Chicago. And then I think Arnie was like, Oh no. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I love that idea I know in a vacuum. Freaked. I yeah. love
4: that idea. I love anything we do that like creeps into the real world. And uh, we did a lot of that stuff early on and we kind of do less of that now just cause there's not time. Yeah. But I was also kind of like, I am a real person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: this could be a bad. Uh, something uh, just to mention like your real life playing into the show, w- something I absolutely love, which is one of my favorite mm. moments of the entire four year run is that I've known Arnie for 11 years. Yeah. And a few weeks ago, on air, I found out that his mom is actually a math teacher, which <laughs> <laughs> is so funny to me. And I kept thinking you were joking. Like, I thought you were like, because it was during an episode. Uh-huh. You're like, my mom's a math teacher. And I was like, hold up, hold up. Is that real? And you're like, no, it's real. And to me, it's just so funny that That's never come up. like Both both Mm. off air and on. And
4: being like pulling things. And again, like I I change things. I I make up things about my own life and I change things. And it sounds weird to say that real life details have a power to them. I don't think that's, I don't mean it in that way. Mm -hmm. But it's just in that way where it's like there's something about improv. It's the same as like getting a suggestion in improv. Or it's the same as like if you do an improv form where people are telling stories from their own life. Like bringing in. Detail Like the comedy version of what you would make up about who the fish out of water human would be would probably be less interesting or they would be a lot more obvious choices, you know, because they would just be the usual comedy choices you Mm -hmm. always make up for like uh, a human person.
5: It's nice that you're you because it doesn't make you this. Oh, shucks. I'm just a nice, sweet guy who doesn't know anything Mm -hmm. like it gives you. Weird details that make that do make you interesting as a character to listen to, and uh, and it, it gives you a character to play that is more interesting than the character you would make up. You know, mm-hmm. because it, you get to fill it with these things that feel really honest, but are idiosyncratic in certain ways. You know? I did want
2: to say one last thing, which was the coolest thing I think about the first episode from the behind the scenes perspective was I think the first cut I sent you was. Very conservatively cut. Like the stuff that was like you guys out of character, if there was anything or anything mm-hmm. like that, a couple of side ropes. but it was like pretty pretty much like everything was in there. And I was like, hey, I left it long on purpose. I don't know exactly what you want from the editors in general. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want us to cut aggressively back and forth? And you were like, oh, yeah, if it's not funny, you should just cut that. Like, it's, and I was like, oh, okay, based on like what I think. And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, I feel like giving like Evan and I that power was like pretty great. Like, we only ever. End up, the editors in general cut like five minutes on, on average, I bet. Like it's almost nothing. And a lot of that is cutting like little pauses and things. But like just the, the empowering us to mm-hmm. contribute in that way, uh, to be like, oh, well, this will flow a little better without this word. Or actually, this is saying the same thing twice. Let's get rid of it. Has was made it very mm-hmm. fun to work on behind the scenes and feel like we're sort of shaping the show, which has been really, really fun to do.
4: That's why we kind of wanted to build a team. And that's why we wanted to bring on people that we're excited to collaborate with who, besides... Being good at editing, and you are good at editing, and I'm sure you've just learned a lot doing this. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, I was just sort of like, Ryan is really funny. Like I trust his comedy instincts, and so he'll cut things that need to be cut, and also he'll he'll create something better than it was to start
2: with. You know? Yeah, uh, Matt hasn't been on the show for like 60 episodes. I know it helps; just cuts it out. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Thanks, man.
1: what i'm supposed to talk again at the end too even on this one i have got to find an employee manual or something any code of conduct around here anyway this episode was edited by garrett schultz there are you happy this is all i'm doing See you back here in two weeks with Offices and Bosses Season 1. Oh, the first episode is titled Flower from IT. Well, that sounds promising, okay? <laughs>